Staying off the booze for just one week, welcome to Hand of Pod. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to a late edition of Hand of Pod this week. It's episode 285. I'm Sam Kelly, and this week I'm joined by a super champion of Argentina, Andres Bruckner. Hello, Sam. Welcome, Andres. I could sing Dale Campeón, Dale Campeón, but I think it's... Uh, I have never said, did something like, uh, do something like that, so... Uh, I will not, but I could easily... Uh, after some months of uh, watching defeats and draws or, or well lucky victories like last Saturday um, to win in a different way against Boca and in a match that even when you don't you can say it's uh, the most important match in history or or I don't I know the the final of a World Cup as some media uh, uh, could have uh, installed because it was a preview that started at 10 a.m. last night, uh, last day, yesterday, so it could have been uh, like that, but uh, although I won't sing that song, I am really happy. Indeed. Uh, we will get on to the Supercopa later on. Um, as Andres has just said, River beat Boca Juniors 2 0 on Wednesday night in that competition, as you probably already knew anyway. We are recording on Thursday evening this week because of that. We're also recording slightly earlier in the day, even though it's later in the week, uh, because after we've finished recording, my girlfriend and I are off to a um, live screening party for the final of RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars. Um, so for that reason Andres and I are on caffeine rather than alcohol this week I'm drinking yes. mate Andres has got some coffee um, because we're doing things the other way around than you would expect for our uh, culture that was the, the event you told me about I thought it that you will go one day after to the Obelisco to the downtown where supporters well it's not far from the Obelisco yeah. and oh. maybe if the drag queen that we are supporting ends up winning we'll head to the Obelisco and have oh. a big drag queen party around there I don't know I don't know who everybody's going to be supporting to be honest but we'll find out I'll report back next week um, anyway the results from the weekend just gone in the Superliga were as follows Godoy Cruz got a 1-0 win over Arsenal de Sarandí in Mendoza Gimnasia 0 Banfield 2 in La Plata and Tacheres 3 Atletico Tucumán 1 in Córdoba this was the last weekend uh, where we're going to have three games on Friday evenings because, of course, this week we're now out of the summer the winter, timetable. Winter times. Precisely, we're into the winter timetable, which means that the games on Saturdays and Sundays will be kicking off earlier, which means they can fit more of them in. On Saturday, Chacarita Juniors and Racing drew 1-1 in San Martín. Olimpo lost 3-0 in Bahia Blanca against Colón. Boca Juniors beat Tigre 2-1 in the Bombonera with a last-minute winner. Patronato 
lost 1-0 at home to River Plate thanks to a last-minute winner. Lanús and Estudiantes drew 0-0 on Sunday. Huracán and San Lorenzo in the Clásico drew 1-1 in Parque Patricios. Vélez Sarsfield uh, and Rosario Central do, drew 2-2 in Liniers. Those are all draws on Sunday, aren't they? Apart from one game, which ended uh, Independiente 2, Argentinos Juniors 1, the last game of the day. And then on Monday, Defensa Justicia 1, Belgrano 1, Union 3, Tempele 0, and Newell's Old Boys 2, San Martín de San Juan 0. My girlfriend's dad turned 60 on Friday, and had we went for a meal on Friday night, and then we had a party for him on Sunday. Um, and on Saturday I had a quizzing event to do which means that I watched almost no football um, mm. over the weekend just gone and I know that you didn't either Andres but yes. you were checking out some highlights on your phone just before we started recording so I'm hoping that you can think of something to say well yes it's a three minute summary which is only to get an idea of what happened in the, in the, during the weekend um, and yes uh, I think the, perhaps it's surprising for River to have won a uh, even when they haven't uh, lost in the last two games, as, as they drew against Chacarita uh, and now won against Patronato, which is strange for the the, the, the last matches uh, that we were played, as well the awful way we, we have already mentioned. Um, but I think the most remarkable uh, result is the one that Boca uh, achieved against Tigre because, mm. because it was after receiving conceding a goal uh, also in the, in the last minute I, I was also quite pleased that it was one of the more eventful matches of the weekend because it was one of the very few I actually did manage to watch uninterrupted more or less um, but yeah take us through it that is something that uh, uh, makes this uh, feeling of, of saying that Boca uh, will be with champions with matches like this in which they they uh, get uh, they get the equalizer uh, just, I think it was in the 90th minute, and and uh, the referee gave additional five, and 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 I think the last play of the match, uh, um, Jara scored the, the definite to one. So mm. uh, that if they had drawn, uh, uh, drawn, it would have meant that they won't be the champions. But that is uh, like the a stronger feeling even when with matches like that because the the usual uh, uh, match in which the, the one team gets the equalizer at just the end of the game you think that the result will be that with 1-1 one, one and and this is it but now they were they were able to to score another one and now they are i think far in the in the table with of course this match that we will talk about later i think uh, that lost against River that could make some uh, the players be a bit like more uh, perhaps uh, unstable or not very sure at the other way River if they understand what this victory means they will be able to to well uh, at least believe they can and they can do better 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 things yeah I'm going to apologize very briefly if you can hear any um humming or, or low level noise in the background I, I can't work out whether this is going to come out on the final podcast file but I can hear it being picked up by the microphone obviously recording earlier in the day means there are more people doing things both in my building and in the street outside uh, there's some kind of 
motor, I think, running down on the street right now. It's, it's difficult to tell exactly what it is. Um, and somebody just is drilling in the flat next door, which is a bit annoying. Um, I was going to say about the, the Bocca game, that overall, it was sort of, we, we've had a few games recently where Bocca's opponents have really taken the game to them and have caused them some problems. This wasn't really one of them, in spite of Tigre managing to get that equaliser and looking like they were going to, to take a point um, late on. Uh, Bocca had twice as many shots as Tigre, they had twice as many on target. Um, they they had a much higher amount of possession. They're struggling a little bit to break teams down recently. Um, this is something that we saw on Wednesday as well in, in the Supercoppa. Um, and and, and I, it, it's something that um, makes me wonder how many teams now that Boca still have to play are going to look at the way that River set up in the Supercoppa and think, well, we can get points off them if, if we play this way, especially if they're not fielding their full-strength team. Um, having it- said that, not not all of Boca's remaining opponents are going to have a goalkeeper as good as Franco Armani was last night. Um, but obviously, I don't want to talk about last night's game right now. I prefer to leave that for the second section. But um. I think that uh, it has a meaning the the way that they lost against River yesterday, uh, last night, and against Argentinos Juniors, the the previous match to the one they won against Tigre, because both teams. Uh, were not brilliant playing with the ball, but were intelligent without it. Mm. Marking and running and pressing. Uh, when a, a, a player of Boca had the ball, they were they were two or three men of the rival trying to to get the ball back. Uh, and well, of course you will say, but after quit after robbing or stealing the ball, you have to do something with it. And uh, well, in the case of Argentinos Juniors and River uh, teams who got the same result, Sunil and Boca, they, they did similar works. I mean, uh, not being, of course, nice to the eyes or the, to the ones who were watching the matches, but being effective in the uh, way they wanted to play. Because uh, if I am realistic right now, Argentinos and River, in terms of play, of game, of the game they are trying to, 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 to get, they are not being... Uh, capable of uh, showing something really nice or or I, I mean uh, fluent in, in, in terms of, of the quality mm. but they can uh, uh, like you said uh, uh, make Boca feel they are uh, unable or, or they can't uh, play the way that they usually do and that's something that perhaps frustrates them and uh, I think that last night and uh, as I said against Argentinos Juniors uh, that worked very well for them, for Argentinos and for River, of course. Yeah, um, it did. Um, Tacheres, I've just had a look at the uh, chronology of, of their match, um, and I see that they were 1-0 down for the vast majority of it, um, at home to Atletico Tucumán. Tacheres, of course, are second in the league, which is why I'm, I'm moving on to them, after talking about Boca. Um Rodrigo Aliendro scoring for Atletico Tucumán after nine minutes, and it took Tacheres until the 74th minute to equalise through Junior Arias. Once they had done, the floodgates opened, and um, they rolled in another two to get a, uh, what looked in the scoreline like a fairly comfortable win by the end of the game. Um, but the tail of the match suggests that it wasn't overall. Uh, did you catch anything of this no, one? No, I couldn't, but... Um, yes, another another inter- interesting interesting uh, way of of turning uh, round a, a result. Turning, I mean, uh, because they they start losing and and uh, in 
receiving a goal at that point with uh, knowing that they are far from from Boca even when they are now I think confirming that they are they are great in terms of at least grab the second position they are that they are showing now uh, but uh, turning a results uh, that they just or a match that they start losing and and then scoring three mm. in a row well that shows something that uh, uh, I think not every team is is capable of doing but the shares can uh, because they have I think the two or of the three players that scored were are bold isn't it uh, because it was bold yes uh, Arias and Arias, Carlos Quintana, and Juan yes. Ramirez. Ramirez is not, uh, but they, Quintana and Arias the other two, are, I think yeah. they are. You're right. Um, yeah, interesting statistics that you won't hear on other podcasts there. So back a, a bold person to score for Tacheres, particularly because they've also got Guignasu and Santiago Silva up front, of course, who didn't score this time. But um, it, it's probably, if you can find odds on it in your bookmaker, yes. which you probably can't, but still. Um, and for Atletico Tucumán, it was a dull week. Uh, losing against Tacheres and, and I think they were at that point uh, uh, going ahead of uh, I mean looking forward to the match match against Libertad in the debut of the Copa Libertadores yeah. which they also lost uh, but in home conditions so yes not very very good week for them yeah it's a, a distinctly mixed excuse me <coughs> a distinctly mixed looking 11 um for Tachera, for Atletico Tucumán, sorry, away to Tacheres. Um, the can you remember the score for the Libertad game? They they lost two 0 Two 0 Yeah. Um, so not a great start to Copa Libertadores uh, League group action um, for them after that either. Uh, but as Andres says, this this result for Tacheres does mean that they have cemented second place. Now they're three points clear of Independiente. Um, who obviously have a game in hand, uh, Independiente and San Lorenzo both uh, have to play each other still, as we've mentioned several times in recent weeks. Um, they are eight behind, Tacheres are eight behind Boca. Um, but as we've said, maybe this, this defeat on Wednesday night just is, is a bit of a chink in Boca's armour, along with the uh, defeat a week and a half ago to Argentinos. Um, so we'll have to see what happens. Independiente, for their part, um, made third place their own because they took advantage of the fact that San Lorenzo couldn't beat Huracan um, in the Clásico. San Lorenzo were behind against Huracan for, I think, most of the game. I'm just trying to, to bring it, um, it up now. I'm trying to remember, but I think Huracan's goal came... Oh, no, it didn't. It no, came quite didn't. late in the, second, in, yes. in the first half. So San Lorenzo, in fact, were behind for almost exactly half of the game. Um, Andres Chavez put Huracan 1-0 up 43 minutes into the first half, and Gaston Reniero... Uh, this uh, young kid, I think he is, isn't he, who came on, um, got the equaliser in the 42nd minute of the second half. Um, on the balance of play, it was sort of largely what you would... I, I'd almost say what you'd expect from this Clásico. Um, I, I think I said last week when we were doing the predictions, I would normally back order I can to, to almost get the win in Parque Patricios because the Clásico between these two sides just doesn't ever really seem to go as you quite expect it to. In spite yeah. of San Lorenzo normally being by far the stronger team. In recent years, at least, it seems to be quite evenly spread to me. It might just be my memory playing tricks with me. Yes, I, I watched part of that game, and uh, I must admit I, I was surprised by, by because of the San Lorenzo equaliser. As even with Urgan not being brilliant, they were, I think, if they wanted, or if they uh, perhaps were a bit more aggressive, they could have grabbed that win. 
but uh, uh, I think it was three minutes to go that San Lorenzo got that header from from Raniero, the, the equalizer, mm. and at that, uh, uh, at that point I think that Rakan were, were controlling the the match. Even when they got back, as happens almost all the time, when there is a Clásico, and there is one of the teams that score a, a single goal, and then they try to to, to score another one via counter-attack. And in this case, Huracan wasn't effective or weren't good to, to try to uh, to do that, to, well, uh, to try to get back and then uh, go uh, via counter-attack and try to, to score the second. And well, San Lorenzo, I think that got that price because uh, mo it was mostly, mo I think, more mostly punished for Rakan that the price for San Lorenzo because they got one point. It's not that they won, but the effect is that Rakan uh, were about to celebrate the victory and finally they couldn't. Yeah, uh, the the bad news uh, from San Lorenzo's point of view, apart from the fact that it was two dropped points, I suppose, um, is that Robert Piris Damota got sent off right at the very end after San Lorenzo had equalised. Too, too many red cards for San Lorenzo. Yeah, so far it is, isn't it? Because we had that bizarre couple against Boca at the beginning of the year when it was like, well, I'm not sure either of those actually should have been red cards, but they were. They, I mean, that was the second game in a row when they'd had two players sent yes. off. Against Tachera as well, remembered, yeah, the previous weekend. So that's at least five just off the top of our heads in how many games have there been so far in 2018? Seven or something, uh, which is um, a high number. And that's just the ones that we can remember. So, yeah, perhaps some disciplinary problems for um, Claudio Biaggio's boys or men um, in that respect. But, yeah, Piris Damota is, is going to be suspended, therefore, for San Lorenzo's next match. Um, Looks like San Lorenzo doesn't have that much uh, of a staff or, 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 or a, a squad to, to... Well, there is a, someone like Piris Damota who now is playing regularly, well, uh, yeah. until he got sent off. But there is no a lot of there is there is a well of course River Boca there are there are teams in which if there is a, a, a player sent off they can replace him with well someone you perhaps know know or mm. the, the 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 natural uh, uh, replacement in the case of San Lorenzo it's it's strange it's yeah, uh, hard mean, to to find someone. Pierre Stamata, I would I would think that the repl the likely replacement is going to be Juan Mercia. For, for or perhaps Quinon, but, uh, but uh, he hasn't yeah. shown I mean, something very, very good. No, precisely, because, I mean, Mercia really sort of dropped down the pecking order yeah. quite a lot at the beginning of this season, if I remember rightly, and, and if I understand rightly what's going on at San Lorenzo. Um, so and Quinon was supposed yes. to be the, the player who was going to come in, because obviously Mercia is about 34 now. Um, but Quinon seems to have, have fallen off himself as well in the last couple of weeks, I suspect, because they've realised he's not that good um, and so now Mercia was, was on the bench in fact he got off the bench um, for San Lorenzo uh, same as Canada Romagnoli who so. didn't got into the match or yeah he did for the last yeah. 15 minutes well, and um, he said already he had already said which is obvious because of his age he's 35 36 yeah something like that that this will be the last classic against Rakan he will play yeah um yeah, but the next one might not be for another year because of the way the season... Oh, no, it will be, won't it? It'll be in the second half of this year, unless we're going to get relegated, which they're not going to. Um, but, yeah, so that means that the top of the table, all of that together, now looks like Boca 46 points, Tacheres 38, Independiente 35, Godoy Cruz 34. We didn't mention Godoy Cruz, but they got a 1-0 win at home to Arsenal. I mean, 
it's not difficult to beat Arsenal this Sarandi in your own stadium um, and to only do it by one goal I would suggest suggests that it wasn't that impressive a performance but they did what they had to do and then San Lorenzo on 33 with that reminder that Independiente and San Lorenzo play one another in a game in hand in early April Racing just behind on 32 points having failed to beat Chacarita yes. but which the was probably the most surprising result sorry but the numbers of San Lorenzo shows show clearly that they have uh, went down in terms of the results and also the play, the, the performance. Mm. They were three points behind Boca uh, at, the, at one point. Now are, are 13. Yeah. Um, no, sorry. They are... I think you're right, yeah. Yeah, 13. Well, they could be 10 if they defeat Independiente. But yes, that shows clearly, well, numbers don't lie. No, absolutely. And, and that was what, the start of the year they were... When, when that gap was, wasn't it? Because if San Lorenzo won that game against Boca, yeah, then that, yes, I think you're right. At the they start will, of the year, there were three points. They, this the Superliga match uh, was an, an, a draw in which match they also got some sending off uh, uh, players yeah. with showing red card. And uh, Racing, as I say, could, on, could could only draw away to Chacarita, which was a really big um, surprise. Step back. Uh, a week after we had that round just full of seemingly nothing but surprises um, this one there was only really one big surprise result and it was Racing failing to beat Chacarita uh, which Eduardo Caldet admits was a result which hurt it it cut short a run of what was it five yeah five five consecutive wins um, in the league well I I swear I haven't read this uh, piece which is the one who gives his opinion on on the Racing performance Mm. And I said it was a step back, and I, I now I read that the title of the piece of the one who uh, writes the column for uh, for Racing, uh, the journalist uh, or, or supporter, saying the same that it was a step back because uh, they were showing great things and, and the the normal result or the preview I think for you and the other one who did the mystic prediction predictions hmm. might have uh, said that Racing would win. Yeah, I think we both did. Natural, but no, they couldn't. Indeed, um, some good news was that Lautaro Martinez scored yet again. Uh, Chacarita actually went one nil up quite early on, um, if I remember rightly. I'm just going to bring up the stats, but I think it was ten minutes in or something, and then Lautaro Martinez equalised fifteen minutes in. Um, well, Norberto Alonso, Beto Alonso, the, the former uh, oh, Inganche. Oh, sorry. Three minutes in, Juan Inbert gave Chacarita the, the lead, and Martinez, yeah, I got that one right at least, did equalise 15 minutes in. Carry on, sorry. No, I, I was going to say, because you mentioned Lautaro Martinez, who scored again for Racing, that uh, in last week I, I read a, an interview that La Nación uh, well, uh, made to uh, Beto Alonso, Norberto Alonso, the former Enganche. Of River, yeah, uh, saying that Lautaro Martinez could even be a, a great value in the in the World Cup, which now I think almost all of the supporters of any team would think, uh, providing provided the, the way that he's playing right now. Of course, it's still three months to the to the World Cup, and everything can happen. But uh, uh, so yes, it's an opinion of a former footballer, a player hmm. that is important because he was a. Another player that uh, was well great for for River and, and a great enganche, and uh, cer- certainly not somebody who 
is uh, normally very happy to keep his opinions to himself, let's say. Yes. He, he's a man who likes to talk. Um, Martinez has, has injured himself, though, today. Oh. He had to leave Racing training with a, an ice pack on his foot. But don't worry, Racing fans, apparently. He's going to play at the weekend anyway. It's only a minor um, injury. He's been, oh, sorry, that was yesterday. He, he's been training apart separately to the rest of the team today. Um, and he should have uh, yeah. plays in the in the now more plays in the friendlies that Argentina will play against Italia, Italy and Spain since Aguero is also injured uh, but uh, he will have to wait uh, I think four or six weeks so he he I think he won't uh, uh, be informed to, to well play those those friendlies mm. so I think Laguero Martinez could be there playing and play more minutes that perhaps before the, the, the Aguero injury. Yeah, I mean, I would think Gonzalo Higuain will be starting in that case. Um, but yeah, it might mean that Lautaro gets a chance off the bench, which he might not otherwise have, have had. It will be interesting to see how he can seize those opportunities. Um, the other result, I guess, which we need to talk about is Independiente Argentinos, which I thought was a pretty entertaining match. Um, Vélez Central was, was a really weird one, by the way. It wasn't a particularly good game of football um, but it ended 2-2 um, but uh, after it came Independiente Argentinos which which I enjoyed um, I thought I thought it was decent both oh. teams got forward it, it was end to end for quite long sections of the game um, the damage ultimately though was done by Independiente in the first half Emmanuel Gigliotti and Maxi Mesa both scoring um, first half goals to give the hosts a 2-0 lead and Argentinos for all of their decent play, couldn't manage to actually get the ball in the net until about four minutes from the end when Lucas Barrios um, pulled one back, by which time it was it was a bit too late. But Independiente continuing to look very impressive. Argentinos putting in another good showing, if a losing one, um, against one of the big fives. They've enjoyed playing the big five, really, this season. Because I remember their, their first proper results came against River and Racing, I seem to remember, yes. at the beginning of the season as well. Um, they they defeat Racing and got a draw against River. I think that's the right way around. Yeah, sounds familiar. Actually, let me look. Let me see whether I've got Universal Football up. I have not. I'm pretty sure. Let's use this. Um, but yeah, it's it's a, another good result for Independiente. And it's sort of a shame that Boca are so far ahead because there'd be a bit of a title race developing now. If they weren't, yes. if they didn't have an eight points advantage, um, the thing there is that Boca uh, uh, grabbed a lot of points. Of course, well now they are two, but uh, I think they played better in the previous um, uh, semester. I mean, in the second part of 2017, yeah. that that now in the first part of the season. Yeah, yes, the and now break. they are perhaps enjoying that. Mm. They can perhaps play not very well, uh, get uh, a win like the other. Uh, the other day against uh, Tigre and yes Independiente Racing they are playing uh, right uh, very well right now and they are perhaps winning a lot of matches but it, they are still far from the leadership because of that yeah. because of the advantage that Boca got especially in the second part of 2017 precisely Independiente arguably the form side of the league they've got four wins and a draw in their last five games and have only conceded one goal that goal that Barrios scored towards the end of this match um, Argentinos having said that they've enjoyed playing the big five uh, they got that 2-0 win over Boca just the previous weekend um, and then prior to that it was a draw with River 
was their first point of the season in the, in the well their third match the, the, the fourth round of the season um, and then they beat Racing the following weekend and against San Lorenzo they lost but only narrowly 1-0 um, so they've played all of the big five now and it was some of their best performances um, otherwise you know the the fixture list from this point on for Argentinos is, is not looking too bad Newell's up this weekend, then Gimnasia, Union, Huracan, Olimpo, Lanús, Godoy Cruz and Vélez to finish the season. Um, Independiente could extend this run a little bit. They're away to Tigre this weekend, then they're at home to Atletico Tucumán. And then there's a sort of mini-clásico against San Lorenzo, um, also in Avellaneda, which is going to be an interesting game to watch. Mm. That's obviously the, the midweek uh, game in hand that, that we keep mentioning. And they have to play Boca? They still have to play Boca. Yeah, they've got Boca in Avellaneda in the 23rd round of matches. So that could be, if if everybody wins all their games, that could be a game in which Boca all but win the league um, if if they win that one. Uh, or Independiente could keep the title race open. Or who knows, if, if Boca drop a few points, it could be a case of blowing the title race wide open with what would then be four games left to go. So Independiente are going to be one of the sides to watch for the next few weeks. Um one way or the other. Uh, other results, at least, from the weekend were, which, I mean, ones that are really sort of jumping out at me. Um, oh, let's central. Let's, let's talk about that one, because as I said, it, it wasn't the best game of football that I've ever seen. But it was an interesting one, because, of course, a few people have been talking about Vélez and asking us about them in recent weeks. Um, they're, they're, they're pressing quite high up the pitch, as Gabriel Hainsey wants his teams to do. Um, and it's having mixed results. And, and I've got a sort of fairly decent look at the second half of this game in particular um, and it, the way that it seemed to me was that as much as anything the players are not sort of quite there physically just yet um, for Vélez the, the the fitness is dropping off quite notably in, in the second half after around about the 50 minute 55 minute mark in my opinion um, so what happened uh, on Saturday I think it was um, was that Vélez oh on Sunday uh, was that Vélez went 1-0 up fairly early on through Matias Vargas the, the, the fast paced start that they like to employ worked well on that occasion um, but Alfonso Parot um, equalised for Central uh, midway through the first half and then they went 2-1 up through Joel López Pisano um, early-ish in the second half and Vélez eventually managed to, to get back and, and get the equaliser through Rodrigo Salinas. They sort of they finished strongly again. But they just have that little bit of a dip. And it makes me think that if he can, if, if Hente can um, get to the point where these players are... The fitness levels come up a little bit, then, then they could actually be onto something. Yes. Um, and they, need, they, they have to improve their, their set-piece defending that. Yes, and, and they have a lot of perhaps enthusiasm as they are a lot of kids, uh, except for Tercilleri... Cubero and Mauro Zarate, mm. I think. Then there are all, or most of them, kids, as, as we have been mentioning, and, and that enthusiasm is not enough, uh, apparently. It was enough for, to defeat River, but then uh, they couldn't keep that uh, way of playing, or, well, to be that uh, intense, to, to try and, and well, uh, uh, get similar results, like against River, but... I think that the, 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 that match against Central could uh, may not have been been good because or that good because uh, the main headline there is the, that there was some kind of polemic between 
Mauro Sarate and Heinze. Yeah, I was going to say, you say that Sarate is one of the few in the squad who's not a kid, but he's acting like a kid at the moment. His his agent and and brother, Rodrigo, um, has been saying things about how, oh, Mauro came back to the club and is giving up money to be at the club and he's he's here to lend a hand. And Heinze, you know, if if Mauro says something to the president, then Heinze's gone. Um, Just because Heinze keeps, well, keeps subbing him off because he's not playing particularly well most of the time. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know whether you've heard anything else, any any more detail of what's going on. No, that uh, in the following the previous week, sorry, not the following the previous week, uh, there was. Well, Heinze has. I think we have already talked about this that he's not very. He doesn't like journalists very much, and and he was angry the uh, last week, saying that the well the media or press the sports journalists were. Uh, uh, well, saying uh, fake news with uh, that about a, a, a struggle between him and, and, and Mauro Zarate because he was replaced in the previous match and well, of course, Mauro Zarate di- didn't uh, got off the match with a nice face or a happy uh, mood, a, a good mood. Uh, he was angry, of course, as any player but the, the problem is that he's uh, perhaps one of the uh, attractions that Belex has and uh, his reactions are of course seen like he's uh, well uh, uh, not uh, he's a bit selfish and uh, against Rosario Central he was replaced again uh, and a lot of people said that uh, he did that in order to say I am here I am the coach and I am the one who takes the make the decisions mm. and if, if I want to get Mauro Sarate off I will do it uh, so it's yes, it's some something something silly because, uh, like you said, like you said, uh, up to this point, Morosarte didn't uh, demonstrate a lot or the way that uh, uh, the expect the expectations were before he played uh, a lot of expect expectations, and in the in the matches still it's similar like uh, Prato for River, mm. a lot of ex- expectations or well uh, hope. And then when he played, he didn't do that much. Yeah, something of a damp squib. Yes. Um, and we haven't talked at all about Patronato River, oh. which I guess we should. It was the first of two consecutive wins for River this week. Um, so they're, they're now in brilliant form, aren't they? They're playing liquid football again, or something like that. Um, this, admittedly, is, is a game that I missed almost all of. After this quizzing event, I actually got really confused and forgot what the time was, and so I saw the end, the very end of the of the second half. But I thought it was the end of the first half because I'd lost track of the time. Well, I, I could and watch so at full time. I actually tweeted, "It's half time. Um, River are leading one nil." And uh, Mariano, among other people, tweeted me back to ask whether I was drunk, and then I realised what the time was and thought, "Oh shit! No, that that was a winner. That was a last minute winner that they got." Uh, yes, I, uh, for what I watched, it was similar to the previous matches. Uh, with River perhaps not uh, being very sure, very safe in defence and uh, not with, with attacks that weren't very dangerous but Patronato I think respect River too much even when uh, we say well it's, it's River and, and, and it's a big, uh, big team and, and, and it deserves the, the, the respect but I think that Patronato could have get uh, a win and like, like, like last night Armani was Spectacular there to to prevent the goal from conceding goals. Uh, just yet the goal to 
to concede goals. Mm. Um, and uh, I think that explains a lot from that victory with the goal that I think even the players didn't know who who scored it. Because yeah. it was, uh, I think... Uh, it was an Adrian Balboa own yes. goal, officially. But it was Rodrigo Mora celebrating it, who had crossed it in from yes. out wide. From, a, from a corner kick and... Yes, uh, I think the ball just bound, uh, uh, bounced in, in Balboa's body and well, uh, Bertoli couldn't... It will certainly uh, win the award, the Razzie, I suppose, uh, for stupidest goal of the championship um, conceded. I'd be surprised if there is another one that is quite so chaotically defended. Um, it was a really, really ugly goal, but they all count, of course. And, you know, a week ago, we were sitting here suggesting um, that they're, well in fact not so much suggesting as, as telling our listeners about certain rumours um, that if uh, River lost against Patronato and lost against Boca Marcelo Gachardo might be stepping to one side and a week later River have beaten Patronato in incredibly fortunate circumstances um, and beaten Boca in as we'll discuss um, in a few minutes time not necessarily very pretty circumstances but, but rather more well thought out ones um, and suddenly Gachardo is, is looking like he's got a new lease of life again this is a, a, really a topic for after the break in with the Supercopa discussion but it was interesting and the other thing that I find interesting I, I'm only obviously looking at the player ratings here is that as you said Armani um, Data Factory have given him 8.7 out of 10 for his performance uh, in goal and Rivers second highest rating is Fernando Quintero with 7.2 who started the match and then didn't start, didn't even feature against Boca in the Supercoppa. We're going to discuss that Supercoppa match um, after this next break, and we're going to talk about what it means for River going forward, and also how much of a blow it is for Boca. I suspect it's more of a confidence boost for River than it is a real blow for Boca, but we will get onto that in a few minutes, so don't go away. Many of our uh, regular long-term listeners will be aware that I'm not a big fan of Super Cups in any uh, context. European ones, domestic ones, international ones, couldn't care less. Uh, But this one, um, this week, at least it it was difficult to deny that there was something of a sense of occasion about it, purely because of the two teams who were involved. Um, When it's a Super Classico... And when it's competitive, I mean, it's slightly more than a friendly, I guess. Um, it, it, it does add a certain air of uh, of a big event, let's say. Um, and this one, it wasn't as good and, and entertaining an end-to-end a match as the last three league Super Clásicos have been, which have all been absolutely fantastic games. But it was an interesting one. The, the first half was... Not really. And then the second half, as it, as it dragged on, became a bit more of a battle of wits. Um, and I thought, as I sort of said before the break, that it was a very long way from being pretty, particularly from River's point of view. But in many other ways, it was their best performance in about the last 
six months, seven months. When was the second leg against Jorge Wiedstemann in the Libertadores? Yes. September. Um, and it, it was the it was the best showing since then. I was a bit annoyed about some things, most notably, as I mentioned before, that Fernando Quintero didn't play play at all. Um, it was a little bit weird that, for example, at 2-0 down or going 2-0 down uh, in the 24th minute of the second half, so with 20 minutes to go, at which point River had used all of their substitutes. In fact, the person who scored River's second goal, Ignacio Ecoco, was their third substitute. Uh, Boca still hadn't brought anybody on. So, you know, 1-0 down up until that point, and Guillermo Barros-Ecoto hadn't made any changes. And he only ended up making one change after that. Um, so it was a bit of a strange game in some ways, but I think we sort of said last week, didn't we, that, it's, that River had a lot more to gain from a victory here. I mean, yeah. I find often with Super Classicos, with Classicos full stop, you're sort of looking at them and going, right, well, who's got more to lose here? Because everybody's afraid of losing. But the fact is that neither side really had an awful lot to lose. River had perhaps some pride. I mean, you know, both sides have, have pride to lose. But Boca are eight points clear in the league. They clearly didn't care about it as much um, in spite but of its nature as a super classical. And, and River yes. had their game faces on. That, but in Argentina, it depends on, on the results in terms of if you win, it's a big win. If you lose, you, you don't care because yeah. uh, you have a lot of matches to, to play. And uh, yes, I think that the match uh, played last night reminds me of, and because it w- they were similar in terms of the the, the previous uh, or the preview of the match, in which there is a lot of hours in in, in the TV TV shows and that talking about the, that uh, uh, that in this case the Supercopa Argentina and before it was the uh, in the last times the Super the. Um, Sudamericana and the Libertadores 2014 mm. and 2015 respectively uh, and uh, um, specifically yes. the games between these two teams of course the, the semi-final um, in the Sudamericana and the round of 16 the, the called off one in the Libertadores yes reminds, remind me of that um, of those matches because River played played it uh, in a similar way uh, no, with, I think that with Gallardo this is something normal at this point which is in the in the difficult matches or the matches that define, you will say, Copa Argentina, Supercopa Argentina, Copa Libertadores, Copa Sudamericana, wherever, there is a crucial match against Boca and River plays uh, trying to uh, block Boca uh, to run, to press and, well, of course, uh, not being very nice with the ball, as I said, uh, but providing that uh, um, against in the, in the previous matches, uh, like, like I said, uh, Sudamericana and Libertadores, this tactic was the one who, who, that worked for them. And it was uh, again the same, the same tactics uh, of the strategy, and it, it worked again. Uh, what I think, of course, or what I wonder is, why didn't they play like this before? Because mm. uh, even this was not being seen from River. The, 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 the running, marking... Or uh, well, uh, being a bit more uh, enthusiastic and, and intense in terms of the uh, not leave, not letting the, the rival play comfortable. Uh, like uh, like at as I, at this point, I think that if you let Boca play the way they have been playing in the Superliga, well, you can suffer a lot. And, 
uh, it was there were two plays the, the the penalty and the second goal in which River could do something I mean uh, clear or plain or, or straight uh, uh, to score goals and they they did it twice and they scored twice I mean uh, at this in, in this uh, uh, in this point I think that uh, Barros Escluto was right after the match they say he said that River got two shots on target and scored two. And I think that some that has to do with the with the, with the match. What would it happen? What happened in the match? Boca with the more fluent with the ball, more uh, tidy, I think, tidier in, in in managing it. But then when they had to to to, to attack, they found in this case a, a very hard defense from River, which hasn't been doing uh, been like that in the previous matches. And Armani, who was again superb, inspired, yeah. Um... Barisic Galotto wasn't quite right. River actually had four shots on target, um, of which they well, scored two. That, you, uh, as you say, you could see what he was uh, getting at. Although I thought that the uh, the comment about how they they didn't create any chances against us was a bit rich. I mean, well, yes, you, uh, Scockos in particular. You, you can maybe go well. The penalty is debatable. I, I can see how Boca fans in particular might not have been too happy with that one. But Scockos was a, a very well made. Um, and very, very clear-cut chance indeed. Middle of the goal, edge of the six-yard box, um, and he finished it well. Um, but yeah, Armani pulled off a, a couple of, of fine saves early in the second half, and then a fine double save from Naitan Nandes and Christian Pavon um, later on in the second half. Sorry, both in the second half, I think I said first half just then, when I didn't mean to. Um, and it's not very often, as I said earlier, that Boca for the rest of the season now we're going to be coming up against a goalkeeper as good as Armani I thought it was Armani's first really good performance for River in a big match at least because as I say I missed most of the Patronato game um, at the weekend when it turns out that he played really well as well and um, otherwise as well welcome back Ignacio Fernandes yes. where's he been for the last eight months if Nacho Fernandes plays like, like he played last night uh, the following matches in that case we won't ask for Quintero to start the matches uh, you could put Nacho oh, Fernandez. Still will be doing, but yes, uh. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it was only one match. But uh, uh, if he, if it's a point of like, like everyone says, uh, uh, like a, a landing point, it means in 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 terms of of uh, the way they play, the intensity in which they play the matches. Because Nacho Fernandez was one that uh, the supporters demand more to mm. be more committed to, to the matches, not to disappear. And and then don't do not appear anymore. In this case, he was he appeared in the in the precise moments because in the second half, when he he ran a lot with the ball with Cardona running him from his, from from the back, uh, and then well uh, giving the ball to to Pity Martinez and then Pity Martinez uh, uh, doing the same to 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 Skoko. Uh, well, it's welcome back, like you said. Uh, if he plays like this, at least for me, it's not. Uh, well, Quintero, or, or, or to, de to demand Gallardo to put Quintero, in, even when it's necessary for him to be more, to have more minutes to play. But uh, the, the, the reason why I asked for Quintero is, be is because it was because Nacho Fernandez, the one who uh, took his position, we could say, mm -hmm. wasn't in a good uh, performance. But yeah. at this point, I think, or well, if he repeats. Uh, Matches like the last night, um, well, that's something very different, and I won't be so insistent. I, I won't insist so much for Quintero to be there. Mm. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I'd, I'd probably have Quintero in ahead of Martinez or possibly ahead of Enzo Perez depend, or, or Poncio, depending on who they're playing against. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's a fair one. It was nice to see Fernandez play well again, and Martinez also put in a, a good performance, quite apart from the penalty that he scored. Um, from Boca's point of view, I thought, apart from Knight Hernandez, who did what he's been doing for a while, really it, it's difficult to find any points to rescue in, in terms of performances, individual performances on the team. Carlos Tevez was completely absent, yes. although I think he deserves some kudos after the game for gathering his team round and saying that none of them are leaving the pitch until the, the trophy had been presented, which is something that certain other recent ex Boca captains, um, I can't imagine them doing. Hurry <coughs> on. Yes. Um, and, um, yeah, but I mean, in terms of the actual performance... It, it, it was a really weird one because it, Boca have had this very fluid system that was working very well for them last season. Tevez has come in and you can't bring Carlos Tevez back to Boca Juniors and then not play him. So he's come in and despite of the fact that um, that he's a, he's a quality player, the fact that he doesn't really fit into that system has ended up disrupting the team. And, OK, Dario Benedetto's injury, fortunately, in inverted commas, for Guillermo Barasek-Gelotto has allowed him to, to bring Tevez in and say, right, well, you're going to play as a false nine. And in most games against teams who aren't River and, and against teams who aren't Argentinos Juniors as well, uh, that has worked um, to a greater or lesser degree with Cardona and Pavon given some freedom to cut inside and, and latch on to Tevez's through balls. Um, but in some of these games, that's not going to work and we discover why. And so they're not playing with a number nine and when they do play with a number nine, they bring Ramon Avila in and everything starts to get far too direct because they don't have that link man yes. in behind. Um, so it's a, it's a kind of a dilemma now which Boca are going to have to look at, particularly as the demands of Copa Libertadores group stage football start to um, to to make themselves known in in the next well over the next couple of months um, and on this title running, which is one reason why it sort of feels like maybe just maybe we might have a bit of a title race if. Tacheres and Independiente and San Lorenzo and Racing can keep up the charge that they're on at the moment. I think that it's clear right now, uh, something similar to what I have said before, in terms of how the way you have to play against Boca, and Boca starts to be a bit more desperate when they can't move fluently the ball or to manage it with Adiz and, and Pablo Perez, uh, Nathan Hernandez and Barrios, the three men of, the, of that middle midfield uh, weren't comfortable because of river pressure, and well, it it was. I think it there was a, a two things that bad performance from them and river that let them play also didn't let uh, let them play. Yeah, that, so, that was the other thing I remember tweeting at half time when River had that one nil lead from what at the time felt like the only real chance they had had the penalty. Um, that it was always going to be in River's interests to make sure there was as little football played. Um, as possible, that that was how they were going to be able to win the game, given the form that they were in, um, and and they did it extremely well. As I say, it wasn't pretty, but it was it was very yes. effective. Um, because even though Boca were really dominating proceedings in in the first half, they didn't have anything from inside the box. They racked a bunch of shots from outside. Um, it was only really in the second half that they managed to get into Rivers yes. box, and when they did, Armani was standing in the way. Well, uh, Boca, of course, proved that when they don't have spaces, they they desperate, they are desperate, and they can't uh, 
do what they most want, with, which is to try to, to get the ball to Pavon or to Cardona, try to uh, uh, make a fluent like passes there and then uh, uh, try to, well, uh, score and, 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 and be the, the, the mostly the stars of the, of the matches. And um, yes, uh, in this case, I think that uh, mostly, as, as I said before, uh, uh, if they don't have those that space uh, that usually have, well, things can can be frustrating for them. Hmm. Um, pardon me. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so we, it, it, it's a difficult one to. What was I going to say? The, the importance of this this game as a trophy it, it doesn't mean an awful lot. If you're in Argentina and you're looking at the Argentine press, you wouldn't necessarily believe that because they're making it out to mean the world because it was Boca versus River. Um, so they're still going on about it now a day afterwards. Um, but the, the real importance, and, and you know, in, in terms of how we're analysing it as a game as well, is the knock-on effect that it's going to have for both teams' morale for the rest of the season. Um, where, as I say, Boca need to now get back to the drawing board and say, we have an eight-point lead in the Superliga. Um, we have a game plan that's been working well against most of these teams, but clearly could use a bit of a tweaking as we go on now. So the question hanging over Boca is how can they do that small amount of, of, of reinvention that, that they're going to need between now and the end of the season. Um, and for, for River, it's can this be a foundation for them to build on to at least start getting the results again that they need to I mean I'm sure that, that it's going to give the team some confidence because that's one thing that they've been sorely lacking in the last few months um, and if this kind of victory with a trophy that they obviously wanted to win however meaningless it was um, this kind of victory can, can can bring that back into the game then maybe they can make a bit of a charge and get to at least a Sudamericana spot in the league possibly we will we will check this Sunday whether Boca is able to to uh, have a blank page and to for, forget about this uh, this match, which is not easy because from media, from the the the, the proper players, was like a, a sensation that this match was like a final of a World Cup because it was a, a preview from 10, 10 a.m. last like yesterday and um, because it was a match that hasn't been played since 1976, as mm. Boca won 1-0, I think. So, 42 years later, there was another match that defined the, this Supercopa, because the normal thing is for River to win a Superliga or, or the Copa Argentina, and to Boca to win the other tournament, and for River and Boca to face in these matches. But the problem is that Supercopa Argentina wasn't, hasn't been played recently, well, as well not, as the Copa Argentina. Exactly, yeah, the Copa Argentina uh, hasn't either, so it's... um. It, it's something that I guess we'll see more of in the future. Should be, but uh, if, if these competitions last, Boca hasn't uh, now a, a, a very easy match because they have to travel to Tucumán. Now mm. they are, I think, they are back to Buenos Aires, and of course, Guillermo Alaskloto will have to check whether the how physically the players are and in terms of the mood, uh, because it's not easy to 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 have a match four days after you receive a, a result like this. Uh, it, it's just bit of an interesting decision really isn't it to come all the way back to Buenos Aires 
when yes. you've only got games a few days apart. And providing, providing I mean, they, they're not Mendoza to yes. Tucumán is, is quite a bit. But they they it? wanted to to leave Mendoza as far as they, as fast as they could. Of course, yeah. Uh, and uh, but it wouldn't have been a bad idea to to remain there, to keep there, uh, to be there. Well, to go straight to Tucumán. Are they, are they, as they made all of the Boca players to travel, isn't it that the the reserves weren't there? They were, I think, 25 or 30 players. Mm. So they could they could have done that easily, but yes, uh, they wanted to leave Mendoza as, as fast as they could, and, and this is it. Understandably. Um, in, and in, sorry, in the terms of River, it's strange because, of course, it's welcome this victory. It's uh, another. Uh, Match, a crucial match or important match that River defeats Boca with, uh, as I said, the 2014 Sudamericana, 2015 Copa Libertadores. But there is something strange because uh, against, I think it was against Perez when River lost 1 0, that Marcelo Gallardo said after the match, Well, it's difficult when we have to play for nothing. Giving that message in public, which is for the players to not uh, take uh, the matches that, that don't define finals or, or well, supercopas mm. uh, to take them seriously. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's, I mean, I've commented before on how infuriating I find it that there are some clubs, River are the current example, who, who take the knockout competitions really seriously and don't bother about the league at all. Um, and it's something that is an easy trap to fall into, perhaps particularly for River and Boca, who've won so many league titles that another one almost feels like it doesn't really matter that much um, but it would be really nice to see a team just open up and, and make a real effort to try to win everything that they can um, but this is yeah. uh, fortunately for River they play at the Monumental so the, peop- the supporters I think that will receive the team with the f- they will be f- full of joy and Boca also uh, fortunately for them will play away in Tucumán as I, as I said so uh, I think that when you lose, then if you have to, if you uh, can play far away, it's better. And if you have won, to play in your stadium also is better. Yeah, indeed. Uh, we will now move on to listeners' questions. Anyway, um, the first of which that we have is from. Oh, this is a funny one actually. I, I, this isn't a question. Um, as such but um, we have, we've had a comment in from somebody uh, Lewis Martin um, who, who's tagged us in a Twitter conversation um, saying that uh, the hand of pod is different he's talking to somebody else and he says I've now subscribed to the correct one there is another podcast on iTunes called the hand of pod uh, we are just hand of pod and there was one. It was only oh. on for during the 2014 World Cup for a few weeks, and I just had this pointed out to my, funnily enough, by um, one of my girlfriend's colleagues a couple of weeks ago, uh, because she was talking to them in the office about about my podcast, and they decided to try to look it up, and they found two with the same name. So if you're on iTunes and you listen to us, and you're wondering why you don't get updates, uh, please check which hand of pod you're subscribed to, and unsubscribe from the ones who copy other people's excellent podcast names. Yes. Um, I had no idea what they're playing it's not an Argentine football podcast it was just one that they launched for a couple of weeks during the World Cup to talk about the World Cup um, so 
there we go. Uh, but thank you very much, Lewis, for inadvertently bringing that to my attention, and uh, welcome to the uh, the actual Hand of Pod um, and our wonderful group of listeners. Um, Biting Flea asks us, was it Lucas Licht, the number 25 for Gimnasia La Plata, who got a framed 300 jersey before the game versus Banfield? And why? I'm looking up um, Gimnasia's uh, page on Ole because I strongly suspect that it was. It doesn't actually mention it. Um, But yes, it sounds like it probably was um, Lucas Licht. And the reason that that would have happened is that it was his 300th performance or 300th appearance for the club I'm guessing Uh, there's no mention of it on a lay but that doesn't mean it doesn't happen because they're rubbish anyway I just thought they would have it they normally do Um, Paul Richardson says any links for the Super Cup that was uh, last night sorry Paul you should tweet me Sam at heggs underscore com for that kind of question before the game although my answer would still have been no because it was on paid TV here Uh, so maybe tweet tweet Andres and he'll give you the link to the the website that he watches it on Um, Leo Russomano says, Why did River bother to acquire Prato when they already have Ikoko and Gachardo doesn't want them playing together? It seems like an awful lot of money for a contingency forward. Uh, there is a related question as well afterwards, which uh, I'll, I'll read out afterwards. But I, I think the idea was to have Skoko and Prato playing together initially. Um, but Rodrigo Mora has come back in much better physical form than they were expecting I think and it's good to have an option because one of River's problems last year um, apart from the the lack of a plan and the lack of motivation and lots of other problems that they have had which haven't gone away just because of this Supercoppa win um, one of the other problems last year was they didn't have very many options off the bench Uh, hence Prato coming in even though they've got Skoko hence Quintero coming in even though they've got Gonzalo Martinez and Nacho Fernandez Um, you know these are all meant to be extra options and you know insurance as well I'm guessing in case somebody gets sold um, I would agree that it seems an awful lot of money for a contingency forward but I think that Prato was supposed to be the first choice forward and has turned into contingency because of the fact that he's continuing to play really badly he played poorly again last night yes do anything. I don't know whether he was told to do that but he was more involved in, in the dirty mm. uh, way of playing uh, trying to uh, take balls down for for his teammates and not being very clear in in the, in the box uh, except for one I, one ball that I don't know whether he wanted to cross it or to shot it to the to on target because it was it wasn't yeah. a, a cross neither a, a shot on target so uh, but yes and more well uh, it's incredible how how he made it that comeback that coming back and and the way he did it after six or eight months of uh, even not knowing whether he will play again. Yeah. Um, and uh, last night he was very good in terms of of fighting and well, yes, not uh, as, as, as the same as the, the the rest of the team, not being very very clear or very bright, but uh, fighting, disturbing, being, being very hard to the to the to the Boca defender. So mm. uh, balls that seemed that they were lost and he he uh, recovered. Yeah, he was sort of leading the, yes, the uh, press high up the pitch. Yeah. So yes, it's has, you know, it's not. I think I, it's, I think it's, that's not bad to have uh, Mora starting and then Skoko well uh, coming and and seal the deal with the Chunil. I think that and I think that's a, a point that we have to go uh, give to Gachardo uh, credit. I, I mean, 
because uh, when you do it once or twice that you replace a player or you may make a player to jump into the match and he scores or he uh, is helpful for the team to win I think that's not a, a luck if I think he's yeah it's something it's that, that Gallardo's yes. game management at yes. least at least in the big games yes. uh, is superb the, it remains a problem in the other games I'm sure next week we're going to be complaining about it again yes. <laughs> um, from from the league match but in in the really big games he he seems to know how to how to make those changes which is actually a point that I, I think contrasts quite strongly with Guillermo Barrosekilotto who as I mentioned only made one substitution um, the whole time and that came after River had gone 2-0 up he didn't make any changes or attempt any tweaks while while Bocca were only a goal down and still very much in the game and and needed perhaps something to to prise River's defence open a little more Um, Yes, I I think that he he, he deservedly led Bocca to a league championship last season he looks very much like he's going to do the same thing again this season Um, but when it comes to those really big one-off title deciding games in, in knockout competitions and um, and in things like this I, I think that there is there are question marks hanging over Guillermo Barrosa-Gilotto's ability to to transform a game with his changes yeah he looks like like he sticks to a formula to a formula to a plan A and he has no plan B hmm. if things aren't the way he planned planned uh, it, this is it it's no, there's no 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 I mean he prepares the matches but uh, to play them in in one way, and if the team, in this case River, puts them the foot puts things difficult for them, it's they are done. Uh, there is no changes, no uh, other formulas. Only the, that and uh, with Cardona, Pavón, uh, Barrios, um, and Pablo Perez. With well, of course that uh, last night they, they weren't accurate because they had their their chances. With uh, well, Pavón, Cardona, some some shots, long distance the shots and some headers and some well, in which Armani was as I said support. Mm. But yes, it's like, well, this is it. I will play it like this way, and if the, it doesn't work, uh, there is no other. Yeah, um, Leo has a related question, as I said, related to to his own question about Prato and Skoko, rather than related to what we were just talking about after that diversion. Um, he said, why the hell did Pratos start against Boca given his form recently compared to Skoko? I don't know. I suspect that there might be some club politics involved here because apparently when um, the negotiations with Sao Paulo were, were going on and on um, and getting increasingly difficult and it was looking like Prato might not be able to um, to join River at one point over the summer, um, he apparently, having already burnt his bridges at Sao Paulo, spoke to a couple of river directors on the phone and said look please make this extra effort I, I really want to go back to Argentina I'm only interested in joining river right now um, and I will make it up to you in the Supercopa against Boca yes. he, Prato has a little bit of a thing about Boca because he actually started out playing there he supported them as a kid he went to matches um, he played two I think first team first team appearances for them um, and coming, off, coming off the bench his his development was stifled by the fact he was coming along um, coming up sort of behind Martin Palermo um, and he, he has felt ever since he left that he hasn't been appreciated that he didn't he wasn't appreciated at the club at the time they didn't do anything to help him 
And so he's always said that the only team now who, if he scored against them, he wouldn't celebrate out of respect for the fans is Benes. He, he doesn't really feel an identification with Boca and indeed he feels that he wants some degree of revenge against Boca. I think that that probably had something to do with why he got the starting berth, as well as the fact that they spent $11 million on him. And so yes. Gachado, and, and I'm sure the directors as well, want him to come good at some point. And, uh, and he's a good player. He's, he's not turned bad overnight. It's going to be a matter of helping him to get his confidence up yes. as much as the rest of the team. But his form is not the one he showed in Sao Paulo. And of course, even less the one he showed for Vélez. But uh, there is another problem that is that not only Gachardo, but also this, the, 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 the Skoko himself uh, insists in, in saying that he's not a goal, a goal scorer, mm. that he plays more trying to build plays and, of course, to arrive to the box and try, in like, like, like yesterday or last night, to score. But uh, it's Prato and Skoko, not Prato or Skoko, in, in the way that Gachardo builds the team and the way that even Skoko, as I said, uh, Admits, yeah. I am not a goal scorer. Of course, I have been scoring, but it's not my main, the the the, the, the thing I, I feel more comfortable at. So uh, it will like yesterday, Mora and Prato or Skoko and Prato, but not Skoko or Prato. No, indeed. Uh, Leo has one more question, which is Rivers' defence in the Supercopa reminded me of the defensive performance in the first half of the Gas Pimienta, the Pepe Gas game, which was spectacular. What is the key to this stellar defence when they're playing Boca? Pressing high with an active defen- with active defensive forwards? I think that you've hit on it. Yeah, it's, yes. it's trying to keep the ball as much as possible away from the centre-backs. I think it was particularly important last night because they're aware that they're not defending that well. I found it interesting that um, uh, Pinola started ahead of Martinez Cuarta last night. Um, he was decent. Yeah, he was, uh, and I was quite surprised, given that Martinez Cuadra is even captain River in fairly recent weeks. So I found that really interesting, um, alongside um, Jonathan Maidana, of course, um, an interesting gamble and one that that paid off. Um, but yeah, I think that the high press definitely works and is something that River to probably try to to, and, to do more often. And key was that they, they when they had had to clear the ball, they cleared it. Yeah, you, there were a lot of matches in which. Uh, they couldn't clear the ball, and you are the defender, and you have to clear it when it yeah. is in the box. And some sometimes I don't know why they they are uh, they stumble against Chacarita. It happened like that uh, between Pinola and Saraki were both disturbing each other, and the ball got to Menendez, who scored yes. the Chacarita equalizer. Yeah. Things like that were were uh, were the ones that didn't happen last night. They were concentrated, they were focused, and if they could. Have a clean uh, or a fluent uh, exit from the box with the ball. Uh, uh, they did it, and if they had to clear it, they cleared. I, so I think as well the fact that it, that they were playing Boca sort of focused their minds more. Yes, that, that they weren't thinking, oh, we're only playing Chacarita, or oh, we're only playing Atlético Tucumán, or oh, we're only playing Argentinos. Uh, you know, we can afford to fanny around with this a little bit and then getting caught in possession in stupid errors. They were like, no, we're playing Boca. A they're a really good team and B we're River and they're Boca so yes. our fans will kill us if we get something wrong here um, and, and I think that that helped to focus their minds and that they need from this point onwards to try to continue that focus through the games and, that are going to come and they say that it it was an important match because of the supporters and the and the boast you can say then that they, of course all of the River supporters 
doing that memes against Boca and meme meme sorry <laughs> uh, that is important even when it's bullshit it's important mm. because uh, it is helpful for for the upcoming matches for how the team is in terms of the mood and the, and the more ball that means that the uh, that is, that match was played 42 years ago uh, or well the final that Boca won uh, so uh, yes that all of the all, all of that uh, spice make made the match to be hot mm. and and media and all of that also helped for this match to be special yeah uh Yusuf Armin says do you think this win might spark a revival in Rivers fortunes quickly i think yeah um but again it it really depends on whether they allow it to i mean it should it should bring yes. more confidence into the game and give them a foundation to build on um so i would hope that the river sympathizing part of me would hope that what we're now going to see for the next few weeks is not necessarily going to be attractive football, but back to basics, get sorted on that mental focus, on, on using the high press, on getting back to defensive basics, and then more medium to long term, rediscover some of that attacking spark that the club is known for. Um, Andres, would you agree, disagree? Yes, yes, of course. Uh, uh, it's, a, it's a hope. It's also I hope also that... Uh, the players can tell that they they are able to do at least to play more focused and more in the match to be more more committed with the matches and and uh, uh, even when there is something remarkable which is that Nacho Fernandez came back to the team as well as Pity Martinez who I think played the uh, uh, some minutes against Patronato uh, in his coming back from the injury and if both are good this could be a revival because they are key in the in the building of the place and well for the working of the team. Yeah, and the linking of, of the midfield to the attack yes. as well. I mean, if River are playing a four four two or a four two two two, then they are that second two. Um, so so their form is is everything really for River going forward. Ron the Tron uh, says, "What do you guys feel about Armani? He was brilliant versus Boca, and I hear he's out of contention from the World Cup. I think he is out of contention for the World Cup because." If he was going to be in contention for it, I think he would have been called up for the, the squad that was just announced last week. Um, oh, the, the locally based players, by the way, were called up this Monday, just gone. Um, there are five of them, and they are Fabricio Bustos and Maximiliano Mesa of Independiente, Christian Pavon and um, Pablo Perez of Boca Juniors, and, no surprise here, Lautaro Martinez of Racing. Um, so those are the five domestic players who, who are clearly in contention for a World Cup spot. The others, I, I assume, are not. Um, I think that Armani, you know, we said it when, when Riverside oh, yeah. is one of the best goalkeepers in South America. He's, he just, he's taken a little while to find his place in the team. But. I think there is something obvious that if he plays all of the matches like he played last night, I think that uh, things could change. Only by, only uh, because, uh, playing like this, if you... Uh, if he concedes goals, concedes goals, even when he's not to blame, perhaps the the the, the idea will remain like this. But if he gets well, uh, play uh, matches like like tonight, uh, it's are matches for him to be called up. But of course, it was after the call of the club of the uh, domestic players, yeah. so there was no time for him to be called up. But uh, it's still three months, so anything can happen. 
But yes, I'd, I'd be surprised though. Um, Ron also says, plus will the Super Copper win give a push to River's awful season in South America? I think we've kind of just answered that one because it's essentially the same question um, that we just answered from Yusuf. Um, Nate Kubeta has volunteered to give a go for the Mystic Predictions, so you will hear his predictions and my predictions for that in a minute. And Liam Kelly, who is no relation to me, says... Not seen a River performance like that in a while, albeit Boca were below par. It's great to see Martinez back after injury. The question is, does it paper over the cracks? I, I think that there is a danger that it can do, certainly. Um, and that everything is going to depend, really, in, in those terms, not necessarily on the trophy itself. But as we've already said several times on this episode, or at least as we've, we've implied... Um, what's going to be as important is, is what River can now do with the confidence that should come back into their game. So again, it, it's a, I guess he's coming out the same point that we were just making from a different angle. Um, if River are now going to go straight back to the league and, and continue to be absolutely dreadful and, and stumble through the rest of the season and stumble through the Libertadores group stage, then yes, this, this is clearly papering over the cracks. If it turns out to be Gasharino getting that spark back, the players getting that spark back and, and some kind of form now um, and qualifying for something continental via the league, um, for instance, with the end of their uh, of the league campaign that's now coming up, then it could be more than that. But otherwise, you know, it, everything depends on what they make of it, for me. Um, here is some mystical theme music, and after that mystical theme music, you will hear some mystical predictions from Mystic Nate, or Mystic Bucket, as he is requested to be called. Better and uh, and from me, so don't go away. After a very poor week of predictions, a week and a half ago, for me and uh, who was it? Two weeks ago, I can't remember who it was. Mystic Paul, wasn't it? Um, last week, myself and Mystic Liam had did rather better, both of us. Um, I still won, so aha. Uh, but Liam actually managed to get more correct this weekend, just gone in losing, than I had got right in beating Mystic Paul the previous week. Um, after I beat Mystic Paul 5-3, this week I've beaten Liam 10-6. Oh. Um, so unlucky, Liam, but uh, well played. Um, Nate is up to the plate for this week. Hey, that rhymes, doesn't it? <laughs> Sorry, that was unintentional uh, for this week. And here are his predictions and my predictions. He's going for Rosario Central to beat Chacarita Juniors. So am I. He's going for Colón versus Lanús to end in a draw. I'm going to go for a Colón win. Argentinos versus Newell's Old Boys. Nate says that's an Argentinos Juniors win. I'm going to go for... Hmm. I'm going to go for a draw, I think. Uh, Tempele versus Huracan Nate thinks is an Huracan win I'm going to go for a draw there as well San Martin versus Gimnasia Nate says is a draw I'm going for a Gimnasia victory Tacheres against Defensa Justicia We're both going for Tacheres wins in that one Racing versus Patronato de Paraná We're also both going for a home win there for Racing Arsenal versus Belles, No surprise at all We're going for a Belles victory Both of us This is getting a bit boring isn't it River versus Belgrano here we go. Nate's going for a Belgrano win. This is the Morbo Derby, remember, in Argentina. Uh, I'm going to go for a River win in that one. I think they'll be boosted by Wednesday night's win. 
Atletico Tucumán versus Boca Juniors. Oh, Nate's going for a draw. I'm going to go for a Boca win. Banfield versus Union. Nate is again going for a draw. That's a really tricky one to call. But I'm going to go for an Union victory. And Tigre versus Independiente. Nate thinks that's an Independiente victory. And so do I. Some interesting looking fixtures this weekend. Yes, a pro match is difficult to preview because they won, for example, Banfield against... Union. Yes, that's one. Yeah, it is. Uh, and Racing Patronato is, is potentially slightly tricky to call for a different reason because that one's going to kick off at 11 o'clock in the morning. Ridiculously, because we're now out of the summer um, timetable. So until this point, so far this year, not this season, obviously, um, we have had matches, the, the earliest games have been kicking off at five o'clock. Um, from this weekend onwards, we're going to be getting matches earlier than five o'clock, which means they'll be spread out more, which means easier to pay attention to more games. It means no more 9.30pm kickoffs, which is brilliant. Um, but it also means that some games are going to be starting at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning, which is... Yes, Racing supporters will have to change the, the same way we changed and instead of eating a choripan with beer or well, or, or coke they will have to change that in, for coffee and perhaps a croissant mm. at, that, at that time it's Yeah um, I'm just, I mean I'm particularly bad at getting to sleep at night but I, I mean, I assume that some footballers you know, it's just, you have different sort of different people's minds work on different schedules right so you have some people who are night people and some people who are day people not all footballers I assume are really good at getting to bed so they they make or, you or just going to bed and falling straight to sleep so how on earth some of them are going to be you know I, I've always wondered this when you have these odd games that kick off for security reasons or whatever before midday um, whether it's it, it affects the metabolisms and the, and the the sleep patterns of, of some of these players because I know that if I was a professional footballer I mean I, I do it now on the rare occasions that I actually have to get up for something in the morning I know that I'm not going to be able to sleep the previous night yes. and so yes and it means it's, it's, if for you to, to if you work uh, of course you work with football and need to watch all of the matches not all because there are, I think there are some matches that play at the same time but you will be 11 hours watching football because the Mm. Starts at eleven and it, it ends at at ten. At ten, yeah, pretty much, because the last game, the, the last game of that evening is going to be Atletico Tucumán Boca, which kicks off at eight. No, um, River Belgrano. Oh, is it? Oh, okay, right. Still, kicks off at eight. Yes. So yeah, it's, it's going to be finishing at ten to eleven. Um, ten to ten to ten. Sorry, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, we will see how this affects people. We'll see whether it affects Racing Patronato in particular. There are no eleven o'clock kickoffs on Saturday. The first two games on Saturday both kick off at quarter past one, which is a much more civilised time, I think. Um, and good luck, Nate. He was attempting to stop me making it three wins in a row, I think. So uh, best of luck to you. Not really. Worst of luck to you, obviously. Uh, thank you very much, everybody, for listening to us waffle on for another week. We will be back next, I guess, next Wednesday. I can't think of any reason not to record on Wednesday next week unless something else comes up. Um, Tonight in the window is playing Copa Libertadores, but I think that next week there is, at least on Wednesday, there isn't any any team involved in that in Copa. No, and crucially, there isn't a River Boca or a national team game next Wednesday evening. 
So we will be back then, let's say. Um, thank you very much for listening to another week. Hope that you enjoy the weekend's football, whether you're watching Argentine football or football from elsewhere. Um, and for now, it's thank you and goodbye from Andres. Thank you. Good night. And from me, goodbye. There is one full-time result to tell you about tonight. We forgot to mention it. I think actually Andres did mention it in passing earlier. Independiente played the Colombian side Millonarios in the Copa Libertadores de América and indeed in the Estadio Libertadores de América. Um, and Independiente got a 1-0 win there. So after that false start a week or two ago away to Deportivo Lara, um, they're on the right track now.